Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, May 14th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So gold was knocking on the door of 1850 an ounce, and then suddenly, inexplicably, completely out of the blue, inflation hit. I mean, it was a total surprise. And then gold sold off and dropped as low as 1810 an ounce. Of course, this makes complete sense because who would want to hold an inflation hedge when there's, you know, inflation? Okay, so I might be a bit prone to hyperbole and sarcasm this morning, but that's pretty much how the week played out, at least from the mainstream perspective. So yeah, we did get the April CPI data this week, and it came in way above expectations. The consensus was for a 0.2% month-to-month increase in price inflation. The actual number was 0.8%. It was the biggest monthly gain in CPI since 1981. 1981. You know what I was doing in 1981? I was in junior high school. Annualized CPI measured 4.2%, more than double the mythical Federal Reserve target of 2%. It was the biggest annual increase in CPI since 2008. So let's look at the trend. The CPI in January was up 0.3%. It was up 0.4% in February, and it rose 0.6% in March. Now we have 0.8% in April. If you add it all up, that's a 2.1% increase through the first four months of this year. If we just repeat that for the two remaining four-month periods that are left in 2021, we'd see CPI at better than 6% for the year. But of course, if you look at the trend, you'll notice that it's accelerating. So if it continues on that trajectory, we're talking like, what, 20% inflation. Now, I don't really think we're going to see 20% inflation this year, but you know we're certainly way ahead of this 2% inflation that the Fed keeps saying that we need to have. What's really amusing to me in kind of a perverse way is that so many people seemed shocked that we got a big CPI number. Federal Reserve Vice Chairman Richard Clarida actually said we were surprised by higher than expected inflation data. I want to shop wherever this dude is shopping, right? Seriously, how can anybody be surprised by this? A lot of people have this sense that the political elites are detached from everyday reality. Stuff like this does nothing to diminish that stereotype. Anyway, the people at the Fed, the people who do this for a living, they didn't see a big jump in inflation coming. Really? I mean, my wife saw it coming. Every time she goes shopping, she comes home and tells me how much more something costs than it did just a couple of months ago. And given the trajectory the CPI has been on, why did anybody think it would suddenly collapse back to like 0.2%? So either these people are totally clueless or they're lying. And I mean, neither is particularly a good look, right? Look, this is entirely predictable. The Federal Reserve has printed trillions of dollars out of thin air over the last year. The government has just handed that money out. Unemployed people who are producing nothing have been spending those trillions of dollars. So we have more dollars chasing the same amount or even less stuff. Economics 101 tells you prices are going to rise. There's no surprise here. Now, what is surprising, or at least a little weird, is the market reaction to this CPI data. 
You would expect higher than expected inflation to drive the price of gold and silver higher, right? After all, they're considered inflation hedges. But the exact opposite happened. Both metals sold off on news of bigger than expected CPI. So even more bewildering is the fact that the dollar gained strength, despite the fact that inflation is literally a measure of the dollar losing purchasing power. CPI says, hey, your dollars are worth less and less every single day. And yet people are buying dollars. The dollar index jumped on inflation news. You would think people would say, you know, maybe I should get rid of these dollars and get something that isn't losing value. But no, we live in bizarro world. But if you understand the expectations in the marketplace, it really all makes sense. I've heard a lot of people, you know, kind of the conspiracy theories that this is manipulation. No, this is just market expectation. This all has to do with what people think the Fed is going to do. The reason that gold sold off, the reason that the dollar index surged is really pretty simple. People think that the Fed will stick to the central banking playbook and tighten monetary policy to deal with inflation. Now, that in mind, I have a question for you. I want you to stop and think really hard about this. Do you believe the Fed will actually pull the plug on the monetary stimulus that is propping up the entire economy? Seriously, inflation is the only thing this economy has going for it. So, I don't think so. And don't think for a second that a concerted effort to face down inflation wouldn't burst the bubbles and tank this phony economy. How much do you reckon the Fed would have to raise rates to get ahead of, say, even 6% inflation? I mean, you would really need to push rates above that inflation level, right? So, what, 8%, maybe 10%? So, now think back to the fall of 2018. Remember those days? The Fed was finally trying to normalize monetary policy a full decade after the 2008 financial crisis. They were nudging rates up, you know, 25 basis points at a time. Balance sheet reduction was on autopilot. And then we hit like 2.5% on the interest rate and the stock market went into a free fall. So what did the Fed do? It reversed course. Autopilot shut off. We had three rate cuts in 2019, and we even had a return to quantitative easing that year. The balance sheet was growing again before the pandemic. So if Jay Powell had to ride in on a white horse and rescue the economy when the interest rate hit 2.5%, what in the hell is going to happen if they try to raise rates today, when there's even more debt in the economy, when millions of people are still unemployed? I'm going to get to that craziness here in just a minute. Now, I'm not going to say that the Fed can't tighten monetary policy, but I'm going to say that if they do, it's going to plunge the U.S. into a deep recession, and that's why I don't think they will. I think it's more likely that the Fed will actually ramp up its bond buying at some point in order to try to hold interest rates down. I mean, the Treasury has to keep selling bonds. At some point, investors are going to figure out that the dollar is losing value. So who's going to want to buy more dollar-denominated debt? That means the Fed has to keep backstopping the bond market. And of course, the Treasury has to keep selling bonds because Biden and friends have a lot more borrowing and spending to do. Speaking of, the monthly Treasury statement for April came out this week. The U.S. government ran another huge budget deficit last month. I'm sure you're surprised. 
The shortfall came in at $225.58 billion. That runs the total budget deficit through the first seven months of fiscal 2021 to a record $1.9 trillion. That compares with a $1.5 trillion deficit through the first seven months of fiscal 2020, which of course included the first round of stimulus checks that we got back in April of last year. Now, some mainstream media outlets actually spun the April Treasury report as good news. I actually saw one headline that said, budget deficit narrows. Yeah, okay. Now, President Biden has already pitched a number of corporate and individual tax increases to help pay for his multiple spending boondoggles. But most of this borrowing and spending is going to be paid for through the inflation tax that will hit us when the Federal Reserve monetizes this massive debt. So don't be like Clarida and be surprised by this. Basically, these huge deficits mean more bond purchases and more money printing. And that brings us back to the $28 trillion question. How does the Fed tighten when it has to monetize trillions of dollars in debt? How can an economy built on borrowing and spending function if interest rates rise? Simply put, it can't. The only way the Fed can hold rates down is to buy more bonds, which means printing more money, which means even more inflation. You know, you can see the vicious cycle that we're in here. So I want to talk a little bit about jobs. I touched on the labor market last week after the April jobs report came out. Remember, we had job creation way below expectations and unemployment actually ticked up to 6.1%. So with that in mind, try to make sense out of this little data point. There are a record number of job openings right now. Now, I've talked about the anecdotal evidence pointing to this on the show before. Help wanted signs are in windows all across the country. Uh, Restaurants in my area have cut hours because of staffing shortages. Uh, There's a McDonald's franchise in the uh, Tampa Bay area that's offering bonuses just for showing up for an interview. So it sure looks like people are having a hard time finding workers, and the numbers bear this out. According to the most recent Bureau of Labor Statistics report, job openings jumped to 8.12 million in March. That's seasonally adjusted. That's the highest number of available jobs since the BLS began tracking job openings back in December of 2000. So compared to March of 2019, job openings are up 13%. Meanwhile, 9.8 million people are officially categorized as unemployed, and more than 16 million people still claim state or federal unemployment compensation. In what kind of world does this make sense? Only in a world where the government pays big money for you to stay at home. You know, it's not just lower paying jobs that are going unfilled either. Job openings in manufacturing spiked by an all-time record number in March. There were 134,000 jobs uh, in that sector in February. The number exploded to a record 706,000 manufacturing job openings in March. The mainstream media keeps talking about a labor shortage, but there's no actual shortage of labor. I mean, there are plenty of people out there that are capable of getting up and going to work. There are 16.2 million Americans on unemployment, right? What we actually have is a shortage of people willing to work. Now, again, who's surprised by this? When you can get as much money from the government to stay at home and play video games as you can earning at a job, why in the heck would you go to work? Incentives matter. 
ladies and gentlemen. When you incentivize people not to work, they ain't going to work. Now, Bernie Sanders says the government benefits aren't the problem. He blames businesses. Sanders said we need to keep enhanced unemployment benefits in place, and these greedy businesses just need to raise wages. Now, only a person who has never actually had to work in a real job and who is totally unaware of profit margins in the business world could suggest such a scheme. How is the family diner down the street supposed to compete with Uncle Sam in his money printing press? In fact, businesses are raising wages. Even though jobs aren't being created, wages are increasing. Analysts expected hourly wages to remain flat in April, but they were actually up 0.3%. So we're seeing upward pressure on wages, even though we're not getting as many new jobs. This makes perfect sense when you consider employers have to compete with enhanced unemployment benefits in order to get people to come back to work. Now, some people might smack their hands together and say, hey, this is great news. The government is forcing those evil, greedy employers to pay more money. It's a victory for the little guy. Of course, you and I and the little guy will eventually pay for these increased wages in the form of higher prices. Surprise! There it is again. Inflation. But if you're a regular listener to the Friday Gold Wrap, you're not surprised at all. I've been talking about this for months. My question is always, are you ready? And if not, or if you don't know, I highly recommend talking to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. You can call them at 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can just shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. And these folks can help you out. They can tell you how precious metals can help your portfolio in a time of inflation and economic craziness. So give them a call. Do it today. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap on iTunes, on the Shift Gold YouTube channel, on Stitcher. You'll find links to this stuff on the show notes page. I also want to remind you, if you haven't done it already, check out the interview that I did with E.B. Tucker. Uh, We talk about how your wealth is being stolen and what you can do about it. So check that out. I'll link to that on the show notes page as well. I hope you have a fantastic weekend and I'll talk to you next week.